Under the Influence podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Eckes, a serial entrepreneur and social media guru that has an infatuation with all things business related. On the show, we bring together brands, creators, and thought leaders to discuss the power of influence. Each episode is jam-packed with learnings, firsthand stories, and conversations from guests that truly have their finger on the pulse. Stay tuned as we dive into the stories and explore the impact they're making by getting under the influence. This is a Soulfire production. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. Today we have on Jake Kelfer. Jake is a lifestyle entrepreneur, business coach, and life elevator. He is dedicated to helping people create transformational experiences and achieve their true potential through connection. Jake is also a two times best selling author of Elevate Beyond and Elevate Your Network. He's a high energy motivational speaker and the founder of the Professional Basketball Combined, which has helped 70 plus NBA draft prospects turn their dreams of playing pro basketball into a reality. He and his work have been featured on Forbes, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, and many other major media outlets. We're so excited to have Jake on. And honestly, I had one of the most awesome conversations with Jake. He has just brought in so much light in the terms of motivation. Like he just, oh gosh, even like leaving this episode, I was so ramped up and so excited. And the one thing that I really remembered most about Jake was the fact that he immediately after this podcast asked if there was anybody that he could connect me to or any way that he could help my network grow. And that was just the coolest kind of moment to have somebody who, you know, really has no, no need to be helping me out, just offer and ask and expand my network and expand my business. So he was a joy to have on. And I feel like he brought so much value to the table and so much motivation. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. So uh, let's go ahead and meet Jake. Welcome back, everybody, to Under the Influence podcast. I have Jake Kelfer here, the amazing motivational speaker, best-selling offer, and also business coach. How are you doing, Jake? I'm so pumped to be here, Whitney. Like, I'm so fired up. Like, you know when you look at your schedule and, and you just see something on your calendar and you're like, let's go? That, yes. was, that was our interview today. So I'm, I'm ready to bring some heat. I love it. I love it. So... I want to get back to basics with you because I mean, you have so much going on. I mean, you take a look at your website and you really do it all. You know it all. You have this amazing, incredibly large network that you've clearly leveraged and utilized to really help build your own personal brand as well as your own business and make a career out of it. But I want to get back to the story and I want to hear where this all started. So let's just start from the beginning and let's have you just share this. I want to hear the whole journey. So I'll go way back and then kind of come back more recent. So there were three things that were important to me growing up. Okay. Family, academics, and athletics. Okay. All right. Those were the things that I loved. I was a math nerd. I loved math. I remember when I was like six years old, my dad would like do spelling bees in the car with me. Okay. Like spell <laughs> words. And I was like, I would love it. Like, I get geeked up about that. All right. I love basketball, play basketball, baseball, football growing up. And my dream was to be in the NBA. Okay. That yes. was the dream. Yes. Now, yeah. Fast forward you a little bit because by the time a five, eight Jew gets to the end of his high school basketball days, <laughs> he realizes that I'm not going to the NBA. <laughs> all right. Like, like straight up, like it just wasn't in the cards. Now there are people smaller than me that made it to the NBA, but for me, it wasn't happening. So because 
my family was so important to me because academics was so important to me. And I think my parents probably knew I probably wasn't going to make the league. <laughs> I had a backup option, which was to go to USC as a student, which was my dream school. Yeah. And so I went to USC thinking if I can't be in the NBA, I'm going to be a sports agent and I'm going to represent the greatest players in the world. And I figured I'll follow the traditional path, go to college, get a great job, work as an agent, make a lot of money, buy a house, get married, buy an island, have kids, and then give back and start speaking and start writing. Yeah. Wow. We realized though, was that life doesn't happen the way you always expect it. And I getting ready to graduate from USC. I'm like, let's go. I had a sports agency that I was super excited to work for. And they tell me two months, three months before graduation, my last semester, they were like, we can't hire you. We're going on a hiring freeze. And I was like, whoa, oh, because for the first time since I created this plan, I was derailed and I didn't like being derailed. I like to know what's going on. Well, now I had to figure out, okay, I'm thousands and thousands of dollars graduating with student loan debt. And now I don't have a job coming out of USC. What do I do? Well, I continue to network. I continue to build relationships. I continue to put everything that I've learned into practice. And right when I was about to graduate, I ended up getting a job with the Los Angeles Lakers to work in their corporate partnerships position, okay, as an assistant. And now I'm like, okay, this isn't working in an agency. This is, this is a little bit different. But what kind of kid who grew up a Lakers fan would ever say no to working for the team? Sure. It'd be crazy to pass up that opportunity, right? Because like, sure. it's like, this is life. You only get one shot. Don't pass up a crazy opportunity, right? <laughs> it would just also happen to be Kobe's final season. So now wow. I'm living the dream here. I'm a 22-year-old assistant working for Lakers during Kobe's final season. And I'm like, I can network and meet all these people. I can see how a team operates because this is going to be beneficial for when I'm representing players. How's the communication? All of these things. Now, while I'm with the team, and, and we could dive into more specifics as well, but while I'm in the team, I realized there was, there was a moment where I realized that I wanted to do more in that very moment. I didn't want to wait until I had been successful according to traditional path. I said, why can't I do something right now to change the world? Why can't I start making an impact? And so I actually ended up writing my first book while I was working with the team. Oh, so wow. now here I am leaving at five in the morning so I could avoid traffic so that I could get to the Lakers office. I would write the book and I go to work, come home and do the rest. Now, at the end of that season, I'm like, okay, here's what's going to happen next. I'm going to release this book and I'm going to go pursue the sports agency. And we're going to run both of these and see where it takes. Me. We'll fast forward a little bit. The book gets launched, becomes an Amazon bestseller, and I'm still making progress with agency life. But now I have another cross point because I'm like, well, I have an Amazon bestselling book. What am I supposed to do with this? And the agency route isn't going exactly that I wanted to. And like, do I really want to be an assistant when I have a bestselling book? Now, part of that's my ego, right? Of course, part of that's your ego saying, oh, you have this, so therefore you expect this. But that's not how this game is played. You've got to earn everything you do. You've got to put sure. in the work. Sure. So I started speaking and I started seeing what the book could become. What kind of brand could I build? How could I leverage that and turn it into more? And then on the agency side, I said, well, you know what? I got a great option that's going for me. Why play safe? Let's go big or let's go home. I love and it. So, and yeah. so I creating this event where I was like, okay, how can I get to know all the NBA execs, all the agents that I want to end up working for, players, college coaches, how could I network with the right people and have something to show for it? So I ended up creating a secondary NBA draft combine that helps underexposed players sign their first deal. And that turned into being this incredible event. So now 
I'm just dancing between these two, building them both up, traveling all over the world, traveling all over the country, speaking, then networking, speaking, networking, talking with all these teams. And, you know, fast forward to today, both of these businesses grew to, to a great level. I was very excited and proud of them. We've helped a lot of people. And that's what parlayed me into really becoming a coach and helping people uh, really grow their businesses if they're trying to build a side hustle. Or how do you navigate and manage your time and really start to see momentum um, in today's world? And that kind of brings us to today, where I spend a lot of my time as a business coach helping new coaches and online experts. Yeah, absolutely. I want you to kind of dive into that, that word time. Because I think, you know, for me, serial entrepreneurship is something that I love, right? I live it, I breathe it. But, you know, we're really starting to see people really invest more in their time and being able to leverage their time differently. So, I mean, you're doing all the, I mean, you're hustling, right? You're hustling so hard. Like you said, you're building these two verticals. How, how are you able to give both of them, you know, the right amount of time or how did you manage both of those things? I think, I think time, you know, it, it's such an interesting concept, right? Like, <laughs> It's the thing we want more of, but it's the thing we can never get back. It's sure. the thing we always blame that there's not enough, but yet we don't know how we're actually using it. Yeah. So, you know, when I'm doing this, you know, I'm young, I'm hustling, I'm doing whatever I can, right? Mm-hmm. The days were long. Like, I'm not going to lie. There were days where I was up at six to hit the East Coast and then going to bed at, you know, late at night because that's what I had to do. Yeah. And that's what I thought you really had to do is spend all this time. But as I've learned more is, it's not about how much time you're spending. It's about how you're actually using the time, right? It's about how we choose to view the time and value our time. You know, and and there was a big moment. And I always remind myself this is that time is something that is more valuable to me than anything else. Even if my schedule isn't busy, that does not mean my time is any less valuable. Yeah. So a lot of times people think in order to be successful, your schedule must be packed with Mm -hmm. meetings with clients, with other things, but that's not always the case. What matters is that the time is spent creating the life you dream of. And if you can do that, then you can reverse engineer it to use time to your benefit and have time become your friend rather than something you're chasing for. Because we know that on the journey to success and happiness, the more you chase the further it becomes, or the more you chase, the less satisfied you are when you actually achieve. And so when you can understand time in this way that I'm describing it, you're able to really step into that best version. You value your time and you have choice to say who gets that time, people, experiences, memories, businesses. And those lessons have been pivotal in, in my way of viewing these time as I've grown all these verticals that I've been a part of. Um, ultimately making sure that, that I contain, I, I hold control of the choice of how each day is spent in my life. Absolutely. I mean, I, I love that. I think that there's right now we're seeing kind of the death to the whole, the hustle culture. And, you know, whereas before we were always taught hustle, 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 or busy, 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 right? Like you should never be the type of person where you have this think time or you have this time to, you know, spend creatively where it's like, you know, your schedule's open or it's not blocked up with different calls or meetings or things like that. And I love that. I love that you kind of touch on that because I think that that's such a new way of thinking. And from a lot of these entrepreneurs now are actually talking about, they're actually talking about 
you know, the fact of hiring people, delegating, having this, you know, creative space to actually think about what you want to do. And like you said, reverse engineer your dream life. Yeah. And I'll make a point here. I will hustle harder than any person out there. Okay. Like (laughs) I will, but, but what you're saying is so true. The way we view the hustle and grind culture is evolving, you know, and, and, and I interview Clay Hebert in my book who studied under Seth Godin. And he talks about this idea of the perfect schedule. Okay. Everybody looks to Gary V, right? Let's, let's use Gary V. Sure. We're talking about hustle, right? Everybody looks at Gary V and is like, I want to be the next Gary V. That's what all these entrepreneurs talk about, right? And we make videos like Gary V. We, we hustle like Gary V. We say we're doing all these Gary V things. But he makes, Clint makes a great point. And I talk about this in the book is that everybody wants to be Gary V, but nobody wants Gary V's schedule. Yeah. You're not wow. willing to have Gary V's schedule. Yeah. I'm going to put it out there. Most people say they want to be Gary V, aren't willing to do what Gary V does. Yeah. Now, does that mean you aren't you can't be as good or as influential as Gary? No, you can't be, but you have to be you in your own way to be able to execute on that. Sure. Okay. So so I think that that's something that's super, super important is we have to understand what does success, what does our time, what does our happiness actually look like for us? Because at the end of the day, the thing that we all want is freedom. We build a business to help people so that we feel good. We build a business so that we can make money to have freedom. We build everything so that we can have more freedom in our life, right? Mm -hmm. Make a difference, freedom. Those are the things we want. Freedom, happiness, success. The only way we can do that, though, is by creating and designing our life. And it starts by us understanding what does that version of success actually look like to each of us as an individual. And then not feeling guilty if you're not doing the same things or spending your time the same way as other people because we all fall into that that trap. Okay. Wait, let's go there for a second. Because like I told you before, you know, there are a lot of women on this, that listen to this podcast. right? And I want to talk about the guilt because I think you just touched on something that not a lot of people talk about. I want you to kind of uncover that a little bit more. So what do you, what do you mean when you say guilt? What do you talk about when someone feels guilty, when they want to go after their own dream? So there's, there's quite a few angles to take this. Okay. I'm (laughs) going to, I'm going to start narrow and we'll expand. One of the biggest things that we as humans feel is guilt. If we feel we're supposed to be doing something else, or if we feel that we are not living up to our potential, we feel guilty about that. Or if we say we want to go after our potential, but we aren't sure if other people believe in us, we then feel guilt for wanting something on our own. This happens a lot, especially with new entrepreneurs who are leaving something that's very safe. Mm -hmm. And this happens a lot with people that have families because the guilt comes in because the pressure in our minds are greater. So when I talk about guilt, I want to dive into it. And I talk about it in this way is a lot of people, when they start building a side hustle, when they start building a business, the guilt comes in when they aren't working on the business, because often you start as a solopreneur. And when you're a solopreneur, The thought is, if I'm not working, I'm not making money. Therefore, I'm guilty if I'm not working, right? Because we think if we're not working, we're not making money. So therefore, I need to be working all the time. And this can cause a lot of stress and anxiety on us, which can slow our momentum, slow our progress, and create exponential amounts of wasted time. And we just talked about how valuable time is. 
It is not your job to work from 8 p.m. to 3 a.m. every morning if you can achieve the same result from 8 to 11. As a matter of fact, 8 to 11 on good work is better than 8 to 2, 8 to 3 with gaps in between and not a ton of productivity. And this is where we have to take time audits to understand how successful we really are in the time that we're working. Because we know that the majority of people, and there are studies on this, work for about half the time they're actually working, right? Yeah. And so, but we get, we feel guilty if we aren't putting in the hours. No, don't feel guilty about putting in the hours and being busy. Feel guilty for not being productive in the time that you actually have, because it goes back to the one truth. You got to build the life that you want to live and that you're going to be proud of. Now, is it going to be, Hey, I'm only going to work three hours and I'm going to be able to do it. Not necessarily, but it is about you creating boundaries and you understanding that this is a process. Let's document what we do. Let's track our information. Let's see our progress. And then let's decide, do we need more time? Are we on pace to hit what we set out to hit? And overall, when you do that, you can remove a little bit of the guilt, which removes some of the comparison bias, which allows you to be more confident in yourself, which allows the energy to be transferred to your potential clients in a much more enthusiastic and exciting and serving way which ultimately leads to more business. And if we take that and we start from the beginning there, which is work less, make more, we've now created the magic. Absolutely. I love the, I love the kind of analogy you're giving of like this ripple effect, right? Like it really does kind of, you know, even like you said, it touches your clients. And that's also something too, I've even noticed being in an agency, right? Is that you, the way that you sell yourself or the way that you show up to clients, or even if you show up, if you're just in your career, show up to your work really is affected by how you're feeling or by, you know, this time, this guilt, all these things that are kind of going through your mind. So I, I think that's also something that's really important. Now I want to dive into the book. I want to hear about it. First and foremost, tell me who is this book for? Why, who did you write this book for? I wrote this book. It's called The Elevated Entrepreneur. All right. And this book, literally the dedication is to all the people hustling out there to create their dream life. Like that it. is who this book is for, right? And it's, it's for the entrepreneur that wants more. It's for the entrepreneur who wants to be more, more productive. The entrepreneur who wants to achieve greatness. The entrepreneur who wants to be fulfilled. The entrepreneur who wants to change the world. Like we are going to the moon and it's time for you to grab, grab a freaking seat on the rocket because we're <laughs> elevating. Absolutely. So tell us, give us like a couple sneak previews of what's inside the book or, you know, what, what, what led you to kind of writing this too? I know, I mean, obviously for the people that hustle, but Give us a little bit of backstory on what led you to write this. So the backstory of this book is, this is my third book. And, you know, I'd written my first two. And when I started entrepreneurship, I always was looking for these books that like combined all these experts, right? Yeah. And at the and right when I started, I like didn't, there weren't these books, but then Tim Ferriss comes out with Tools of Titans and Tribe of Mentors. And I'm like, yes. oh my gosh, like these books are incredible. And this is exactly what I wanted. So I told myself in the back of my head, I was like, I'm going to do an interview book someday. And I'm going to do it when I'm ready to make a big, big splash. All right. When I'm really ready to take off. And as I started doing more in the online space and really diving into business coaching and really focusing on building my network in a a newer industry, um, because I had built these network in the speaking world, I built the network in the basketball world, but now I was like, we need to turn it up a notch. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is time for the interview book because everybody's always like, well, how do I add value? How do I get in touch with the high level people or the, the influencers that I want to yeah. talk to or the celebrities? And it's like, well, you got to do something that's different than everyone else. Yeah. And I was like, what person's not going to want to be featured in a book? 
Yeah. <laughs> that's going to have ad dollars and be seen by thousands of people around the world. Like that's a great publicity thing. And it also feels really good to be invited to do something that's unique. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, that's how I'm going to do it. So this book came to be, and it's and it styled similarly to, to Tribe of Mentors, where I ask everybody similar questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and these questions, though, are all designed to help entrepreneurs out there become more productive, higher performing, and freedom achieving. That is the premise of this book. And so we talk about all these amazing things related to relationships, daily actions, best practices, tools and technology, and so much more. So that's how it came to be. And then I've just spent the last couple of years just interviewing people, connecting dots and and trying to figure out how in the world can I bring together some of the greatest names um, and some of my favorite people too. Like that's the other cool thing is like, (laughs) we're on this journey. You know, I mentioned it's like, you get to do whatever you want in this life. Right. So I'm like, I get to interview whoever I want in this book. So (laughs) one of my favorite people in this book and his name is John Gordon. Okay. And, And some of you may have heard of him. He's written like 20 books or something. He's amazing. But like, when I was 18 years old, I was a senior in high school. I had read How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. But like my next book that I read was this book called Training Camp. And it was by this author, John Gordon. I'm 18 years old. I read this book and I'm like, this is amazing. I'm so motivated. I'm so inspired. I take one of the quotes from his book and I put it on my wall. And I'm 28 now. In the last 10 years, I've had this quote over my wall for the last 10 years. And I always look at it and it's just amazing. And so when I wrote this book, I was like, John Gordon is going to be in this book. Yes. And you know, with the way life works, I, I looked at people in different areas and I figured out who could connect the dots. And I tell the whole story of how all these interviews came to be in every single section. And one introduction led to the next, which led to the next. And finally, John was able to come on and be part of this book. And his wisdom is incredible. But it's stories like that where it's like, we're the creator. We're the author of yeah. our own story, not just your own book, right? Sure. Things like that just made this all the more special for me to be able to have some people that I've looked up to for years. And then people that I've met you know, with one introduction and our first conversation is the interview. So it's just, it's just really cool to to share that with everybody and let people see the behind the scenes and also all the great inspiring stories and and practical advice everyone gives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. I have a couple more questions, but what is the quote over the bed? I I gotta know. What's the quote say? All right. We're going to link that up. It's a little long. It's a little long. (laughs) It's good. It's good. Okay. I want to hear it. Yeah. 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 I love it. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I I love, first off, I love the format. I think that it's going to give such value to everyone that reads it. Right. Because I love the idea of these different interview series and hearing from firsthand entrepreneurs, like what are, what are their most, you know, sought after value, right. Or what do they even want to share? So I, I'm very excited to read it. I'm very excited to share it with the audience as well. You also have two other books, correct? Yeah. So my first one was, is called Elevate Beyond. And that's all about how to stand out in the job market and discover your passion. So that combines my experiences of getting internships, of getting my job at the Lakers, mixed with interviews from people from Morgan Stanley, Apple, CEOs, professional athletes, kind of talking all about the the career space. My second book is called Elevate Your Network. And that's all about how to build extraordinary relationships in life and business. So I take you through 25, what I call Kelf keys. Instead of chapters, I call them Kelf keys. And there are 25 of them um, that show you how to build an incredible network so that you can, um, you know, grow in your life and have more happiness and fulfillment. Yeah. It's actually really funny. I downloaded it right before this episode and um, I shared it with my boyfriend and me and him are actually going to walk through it together because I think one of the biggest things, like, especially looking back at just my journey in entrepreneurship is your network, right? It, it is so incredibly valuable and can bring so much, you know, business, so much support, so much mentorship, 
and also like almost connect you to the dots of where you want to get where you want to get to. Right. Oh, I, I mean, I, I'll go to my grave saying your network and, and connection is, is hands down one of the most important things you can have in your life. Yeah. Look, the, the studies show that one of the biggest indicators to long term happiness is your relationships. OK, I also know for a fact, like for me, one of my dreams will be to eventually be married and have kids. I can't have that happen without another person. Right? <laughs> I cannot do that to, to be in a relationship. I could have kids without another person, but I but I cannot be in a relationship and achieve that dream without another person. Sure. I cannot build a business to the level that I'm capable of without customers. Mm-hmm. So no matter what it is that we desire in our life, people are always going to be part of it. And so I believe that your ability to connect with people is one of the most important skills that you can have, especially in today's age as an entrepreneur. I mean, I think it just, it just one of the most important things. And I will, I will go down saying that because I believe in, in connection. I believe in people. I believe that we can bring so much joy through our experiences, through the memories they, they create. And I think that people are truly amazing when you give them a chance and you, and you learn how to actually converse with somebody in a way that builds a relationship, you know? And I think that that's something that, that we miss the dot a lot in society um, is that we just don't know how to do it the right way. And I think that causes problems. And I think that, that sometimes that um, prevents people from achieving their potential. Yeah. And I, I want to, I want you to kind of drop like one or two tips here for our audience on the best way to maybe, you know, to even begin to network, right. Or to begin to have those conversations. What's, what's one or two ways that they can kind of better themselves and learning how to do that. So, I mean, I got a million tips here, you know, but, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to limit it. One of the biggest things that you got to do is you got to ask great questions. Okay. Okay. Most, most people are going to ask basic questions. So I'm going to give you an example here. What you want to do is you want to take a question and try to see if you could turn it into an emotional response, especially when you are first building a relationship. So here's what I mean by this. If I say, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? You're just going to think of a piece of advice and you might give it to me. You also might be like, screw you. I don't want to answer that question. Everyone asked me that question. Be different, right? Mm. Can I pick your brain? No, you can't. Absolutely yeah. not. You can pay me, right? But here's how you flip that. <laughs> is you say, what is the one thing you wish you knew when first starting your business or first executing that? What you've immediately done is it's a similar question, but immediately the person who you're asking that question to now goes back to memory lane. They think about when they first started their business. They're like, oh, sure. oh, I wish I did that. Then they start thinking of some of the things that they've learned along the way. You often will see a facial change. Okay. Yeah. You'll see a facial change. They'll be like, and then they'll start to think about it. Their answer is going to be more elaborate mm-hmm. and they're going to be more in depth. Now, here's where the second part of asking great questions comes in, is now it's your job to ask follow-up questions based on what somebody is saying. Most people listen with the intent to respond. Few people listen with the intent to process, understand, and validate. That's where you want to live. So now, let me ask you this. And everybody that's listening, I want you to envision if you have this person, do you have a person in your life where when you talk to them, they ask you all these questions about yourself and they keep going and you just feel on top of the world because you feel like they care so much about you. They genuinely want you to succeed. They want you to be happy. And that feeling that you have after is like, holy smokes, like I need to hang out with that person more or like we got to chop it up more, right? Sure. We do a 15 minute call with someone and the entire 15 minutes, they're just talking about you and they're just listening and learning, asking you questions and you're done with that. And you're like, oh my God, I didn't even ask about them. Yeah. Now you want to keep talking to them and you feel like you in a way owe them something, even though you don't, but you feel that Sure. And that relationship is going to be likely to blossom because there's going to be more touch points. Wow. So asking great questions is a game changer. That is, that is amazing. That's like the best networking tip I've ever heard. A thousand percent. 
I love that one. I always start there because I think it's important. I'll give you, I'll give you one more here. That's, that's a little different than, than how a lot of us think. The first part here is this. You never know who you're talking to until you know who you're talking to. <laughs> so what I mean by this is, is in our society, we are so focused on instant gratification. Uh-huh. So we think, can this person help me? What can they do for me? Sure. Who do they know? I want to use them for an introduction. I want to get to know them because they have an email list. I want to uh, get a booking with them, whatever it is, right? I want to get hired by that person. But you have to remember that this game of life is not played one-to-one. This game of life is played overall through all of the experiences we have. And if you only focus on people at face value for who you think they are, you're going to miss out on millions of opportunities. Yeah. To take this in real life is there have been people where I think that they might be really great for me to know. If I stop when they say, oh, I'm not interested or no, I can't help you or no, I'm not ready to buy from you right now, then that's a missed opportunity. Just because they can't help me doesn't mean they don't have somebody in their network that is actually the right person I meant to be talking to. Wow. Yeah. So you have to make sure that as you're networking, you don't count somebody out just because they can't give you an immediate result for what you're looking for. What that does mean, though, is ask better questions. If they say no, not right now, then change the narrative and see what could happen. Find ways to win. And that leads us to the triple win. Most people talk about the win-win. You win, win. Great. That's a W in my book. But let's take it one step further. You win, I win. And everybody else that's impacted by our conversation or our relationship wins as well. For example. This is a win because I get to be on your platform and I'm juiced up about it. This is a win for you because you get a big energy. Yes, <laughs> right? Like and yes. it's our relationship. But there's also a win for everybody that listens to this. Because if one person takes this, we're going to create a ripple effect. One person asks a better question, they're going to have a better relationship. That relationship is going to turn into a client. Now that client has now helped the person who listened to this podcast because they paid them money. That client receives greatness and that client goes on and do something special. Never underestimate the power one person, one interaction, one connection can have because the ripple effect is massive. Jake. Wow, dude. I mean, yes, I I love all of that. And I, I think, I mean, you're hitting on some pretty powerful stuff right now. I'm still kind of processing, but I love what you're talking about in the terms of like, even like just speaking with people or knowing the right questions to ask. I want to kind of move into a different direction here. I want to talk to you about influence. So obviously you, you have built this network of influential people, right? So I want to ask you, tell me, tell me what influence means in your own words. Love this question. And we are on the pod of influence. Let's let's dig in. I I think before I get my definition of influence, I think there's a very big distinction between what influence means and what an influencer does. Okay. Okay. You can have a following, but not be followed. Okay. Watch here. Okay. Influence is the ability to help people make conscious choices, right? Yeah. Influencing is the ability for you to share your experiences, your life, your decisions, your choices in the hope, ideally in the hope that it's going to benefit somebody else's well-being, right? That's your job, right? You want to help somebody make a decision. Now, the big difference here is just because you have a following does not mean you are followed. Just because you have a following does not mean you have influence. Okay. And I think it's really important for us because I see it too often. People think that your your worth, 
your ability to influence is dictated based on your influencer status or the amount of followers you have. Sure. And in reality, that's not the case. You might not be able to do it on the same scale, but you may have the right people in your audience that you're supposed to be influencing in the first place. And so for me, being able to have influence or influence as general is really being able to help people make decisions that will better, uh, better, better their lives in that way. So I, that's kind of how I view influence um, with that definition. I, I mean, yeah, spot on. I think that's probably the first time anyone's ever said that on that show, on this show yeah. is that, you know, just because you have a following doesn't mean that you're followed. And I think that's a really, really good key, take, key takeaway, especially for entrepreneurs. I think now as we move into this surreal digital space and everything is becoming so, you know, just shown right. Like behind the scenes, you're kind of putting yourself out there on a whole new level. Nowadays, a lot of entrepreneurs kind of struggle with this idea of like, do I have to have this large following? Do I have to, you know, create this level of social media presence just in order for me to launch my brand? And I, I kind of want to, I want to talk about that too. I want to hear your take on social media how you've kind of leveraged it to even grow your own business. Yeah, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. You do not need everybody to like you to be successful. <laughs> Great advice. <laughs> you do need the right people to love you though. Yeah. And that is, that is the mentality shift that I want every entrepreneur to focus on. We're chasing the metrics, not the impact. We're chasing the, the result of something that doesn't convert to dollars. If you're building a business as an entrepreneur, I don't care if you have 2,000 or 200,000. What I care is, can you convert those people into dollars and can you change those people's lives? And so it's so, so, so important for us when we talk about this in business is that you got to have the right people. And so when I look at it, I don't have a crazy following, but you better believe I know how to take somebody on a journey with me through my social media. Right. And, and I make sure, and I, and this is what I love about you and and the brands that you work with and the people that you collaborate with is you can feel the difference when someone actually gives a shit versus when someone does it for the dollars or does it for whatever, right? Like there's a big difference there. And I think that entrepreneurs, it's cool to get free product, cool to get paid for delivering something. And don't get me wrong. I love a good package in the mail. (laughs) Okay. I used to work all these events and I was the gear guy. Like I love gear. But that doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. I know people with 400,000 followers that can't sell a freaking t-shirt. And I know people with 3,000 followers that have multi seven-figure businesses. That's what isn't. And isn't that crazy? Because that's so completely spot on. I think that if if we talk about influencers versus entrepreneurs, I mean, the influencer kind of does kind of, you know, meander into the entrepreneurship circle. But that's so true in terms of talking about a true network, right? Like for example, like if I am to show up and talk to my community about a new product that I tried or a new client, even, I feel like my community is not necessarily, you know, filled with all these followers. It's more so these people that actually appreciate brands. They appreciate other entrepreneurs. They appreciate people that they want to get in their network with. And that's something that truly, you know, kind of converts or returns, right? 100%. And here's, and here's the cool thing about this is like, when you have both of those, you you've won, right? Like, like that's when you've really won. You look at some of these people, like, you know, Tony Robbins. I mean, this is a, this is an easy example, right? But everybody knows Tony. Tony's got influence. If Tony make Tony has the eyeballs, 
and he has the influence. So when Tony puts something out for the world to see, people take action. Sure. That's why he's always going to be at the top of the world, uh, top of the game. Yeah, totally. The other thing that we have to really realize here when we talk about influence and followings is people are more accessible than we think if you know how to reach out to them. Yeah. You know, and this is something that, that I talk about in, in the Elevated Entrepreneur is this idea of how like the guest came to be. I cold DM'd over 10 of our guests and almost all of them had over 100,000 followers on Instagram. Most people, when you're starting a business, would avoid that because you're like, they'll never respond to me. They'll never get back to me. But if you know how to reach out the right way, you can get access to these people, which then in turn help you build your influence because your, your circle of influence, aka your network, expands and grows. And then people see you in a different light, which is how you can build upon yours, which is what I've done a lot in a lot of various areas with different events, summits, um, programs and things like that. And I, that's what I help people really focus on because that's a really big deal is when you could bring your network together, when you can find people that you might not think are accessible, really are accessible, you can start to change the narrative for where you want to go. Yeah. I, and I, I love that you, I want to kind of live right there for a second. Cause I also think to per this audience, that is something that people have a little bit of fear towards of, you know, if I do reach out right now, I'm not big enough. I'm not established enough or I'm, I just started the brand or it's still my side hustle. I guess if you could give like a tangible tip when you are going to about to approach yeah. someone via cold pitch or DM, what kind, I mean, obviously ask the right questions. We've heard that on, you know, yeah. throughout this episode, but what else can you offer them in terms of like, what's the best way to approach somebody? I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a script straight out of the playbook. Here. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Before I give the script though, um, it's really, really key to understand this truth. You will be rejected on this journey. Yes. And what's important to understand is that when people don't respond or they don't say yes, it doesn't mean you are any less deserving or worthy as a human being. It might just not be the right time. Sure. It might just have not worked. They might have opened it and forgot to reply. There's all these reasons, mm -hmm. but it's important to know that if someone doesn't respond, don't give up. It's part of the game. We all get rejected. I get rejected all the time, but I keep <laughs> showing up. Okay. Yeah. Now here's the script. Step number one is you say, Hey, or hi, and their name. Okay. This is, this is crazy. My name's Jake. The amount of people that call me Jeff or Jack on their outreach is unbelievable. Really? Okay. Blows my mind. Immediately. When I see that I am not excited to read the rest of the message or to help somebody out. Sure. Now there are some names that might have weird autocorrects because it's unique spelling, mm -hmm. but even more so that person appreciates the more unique the spelling of their name is, the more they appreciate when you spell their name correctly. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's number one. So step one is, hey, name. Mm -hmm. Step number two is you want to make sure that right off the bat, you find a commonality um, or you share a compliment in some case. So what that could look like is if you're reaching out to somebody on Instagram, it's going through their page for about 20 seconds, seeing do they wear the same clothes as you? Do they have the same family members as you? Have they traveled to the places that you like? Do they live where you live? Do they go to the college you went to? Do they have anything in common with you right off the bat that you can immediately point out? Okay. Mm -hmm. The next thing is share how you found them. Okay. Or give them a compliment. So, okay. so one of the things yeah. that I love doing is I love telling someone, Hey, like I just bought your book. I was on page 36 and I love this quote. Mm -hmm. Imagine receiving that. How many yeah. people are saying something like that? 
Not many. No, yeah, totally. You've immediately differentiated yourself. They also feel really good. Our job as building relationships is to help people uncover their truth, to be loved, to be heard, to be complimented, to feel that we value, to feel that we're valued and to feel that we belong. This is the feeling of elevation that we want to give to somebody else. By giving them a sincere compliment or sharing how you came across their work is going to be a refreshing breath of air. Like, because it's going to make them feel that you're a genuine person that actually put in a little bit of work. Mm-hmm. At the end, you want to ask a question, a qualifying question of some capacity, right? Depending on what you're looking for. I wouldn't sell on this first message, but it's okay to invite people onto a show or, or do something that's a little less invasive. Mm-hmm. And then I always finish it by saying, very excited to connect or super, like super excited to connect, looking forward to chatting soon. Can't wait to hear from you. If you're, I know you're busy, but even a reply would be appreciated. Just something because what that does is that opens the door for your follow-up response. Yeah. Most people don't respond on the front end. They do respond to persistence and follow-ups. Sure. So if you do that script, your initial response will be open. If you follow up with them, you're going to increase your response rates exponentially. And I've done this. I've experimented it. We've run it, all the data in it, and it works time and time again with all types of people that have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers to people that are, you know, hundreds of followers. It works. Okay. And so this script is, I mean, rewatch this, write it out, but it will work and it's so efficient. And you can write this in like 30 seconds for every message that you do once you get good at it. I love that. I I think you, and I think you actually touched on a key point that not a lot of people think about when they go to pitch, you know, to someone they've never met before. So when they have zero connection with, and it's that, it's that personability or it's the, think about what, what they're receiving or think about what's going to differentiate you right out of all of their, you know, 200 messages or whatever. Um, so I, I, I love that. And Jake, you've been such a blast to have on this show. I mean, I feel like we could probably carry on for another two more hours. All the value and tips that you're bringing to the table right now. It's awesome. But before, you know, we kind of wrap up, I want you to mention where everyone can find you. So drop all the social handles, all the website links. Best place to find me is on Instagram at Jake Kelfer, just my first and last name. Um, Would love to connect with anyone who enjoyed this, this episode. To get uh, a, the book, The Elevated Entrepreneur, go to theelevatedentrepreneur.co. Those are the best places. Once you're there, you can find everything else out, but let's party and let's elevate. I love it. And we also are going to be giving away a signed copy of The Elevated Entrepreneur. I'm so excited. Like I said, I can't wait to read this. Sounds right up my alley. And Jake, thank you so much for going underneath the influence with us. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. 